Hi, this is Andrew Levy, and um, I have Sarah Levy with me today, and welcome to our podcast. It is going to be soon the end of the year. Now, I know that uh, some people may only listen to this podcast next March, so uh, just amend things as necessary. Uh, but we uh, are in a situation where we can look behind us and look forward uh, and say uh, and see what we have. We've got four topics for you in this podcast, all of which, frankly, we warrant podcasts on their own. But we'll just give you a, a taste. And if there is an interest, we'll follow up. We're going to talk about the issue of employment of foreigners. We're going to talk about just a few glimpses at the labor market. We're going to talk about the code on harassment, which you need to be aware of. And we need to talk about some upcoming amendments to the Employment Equity Act. So we'll just have a discussion between myself and uh, Sarah, who runs uh, uh, Levy Africa and our training business. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy. Sarah, over to you. Thanks very much. It's nice to be back in the studio again. And as you said, looking forward to kind of reflecting on the year that was, some of the key areas of impact for those in labor law, labor relations, HR, um, and perhaps with some of those topics actually looking to the future and planning what 2023 looks like. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's start with a question about uh, what about foreigners and what about the employment of foreigners in South Africa? It's current it's clearly a big issue, uh, one, at a macro level, because uh, we have, it's estimated sometimes, up to a million illegals working in our labor market every day. Frankly, I think that figure is grossly overestimated. But we do also have the uh, uh, long shadow of xenophobia and xenophobic attacks on people. But equally, we have many, many businesses who uh, rely on foreign labor, and much of this labor is, in point of fact, illegal. So what do we mean by legal and illegal workers? Now, the piece of legislation that we are looking at here, should you want to check it, is the Immigration Act. It's Act Number 13 of 2002, and the section that we are concerned with is Section 38, which is very simple and very straightforward. And fundamentally what it says is that you may not employ any foreigner unless they have permission to work in South Africa, in other words, a work permit. You may, in certain cases, if they are an asylum seeker and they have permission to work, then you can uh, employ them. Um, and you cannot employ people who are given permission to work in one area. You cannot employ them on another. That's what the law says. The law also says that, in point of fact, if there is a breach of the statute, it is the employer who is on the line, and um, as things stand right now, um, a maximum fine is 10,000 rand or a year imprisonment. Um, but don't worry, you're not going to go to prison until you've been caught three or four times and warned and you're just ignoring the law. But also remember that for each employee, that is one offence. So if you have 10 employees and you get the maximum fine of 10,000 rand, that's 100,000 rand. It's not uh, 10,000 rand 
deals with all of them. So those are the first things that uh, occur to me. Sarah, any thoughts that you may have? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear you say that it's an act from 2002, so it's a 20-year-old act. Mm. What has made it so topical now? What's made it, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and there's been lots of attention paid to this in the media. What's been the prompt yeah. for that? Yeah. Um, the situation is, and obviously a 2002 act, it's as amended, so it's been amended. But right now, the the government has published, so you can download it and look at it, a new plan, as it were. It's not a code of good practice, but it is a draft plan for how they are going to deal with the issue of labor market and foreigners. Uh, now, it's a, it's a much broader reach than just illegal foreigners because the stated aim of this policy is to attract skilled labor that is needed uh, to stop the brain drain, to turn it into a brain gain, uh, their terms, uh, but also to deal um, with the uh, the foreign problem, the foreign workers. Um, and, you know, one can understand that uh, because the issue of migrant labor throughout the world is a big problem right now. I mean, you're aware, and maybe many of our listeners are aware, that something like 44,000 people have crossed the English Channel, the world's busiest shipping lane, um, frankly, in unseaworthy little inflatables with, with very small outboards on them, uh, in order to get to, to Britain. And many have died in the attempt. So, you know, we have, and this is a 21st century problem, we have broad migrations of populations from areas where there is either uh, economic depression, economic lack of any future or any ability to improve your, your lot and that of your family, or areas where there is civil war, there is oppression, there are governments which are hostile to certain groups, etc. So it is a worldwide problem. And, you know, the other thing is when we look at South Africa, we're an immigrant country. Uh, you know, the Nguni peoples uh, came down from the north into South Africa. Uh, we had the Dutch settlers, we had the Huguenot settlers, we had the 1820 settlers. Um, and in the last century, we, my grandparents... Uh, were immigrants into South Africa to uh, avoid persecution in uh, uh, in Middle Europe and and in Russia, so you know this is nothing new to us. Uh, and once again, one naturally has some th sympathy with people who are seeking an opportunity. But nonetheless, just from a labour market point of view, uh, any government needs to know what is going on. So a long answer to a. You know, short question, but that's why it's very topical. Uh, and the Zimbabwean employees who are, uh, or the Zimbabweans who are currently working on a temporary permit or on an asylum permit, there is a deal uh, whereby they have been given till the 31st of December uh, to regularize their situation. And, of course, from an admin point of view, that's absolutely impossible. Uh, and it's now been extended. This is an important point. It's been extended to the 30th of June, and I suspect it may be suspend, uh, extended yet again. Um, so there we are. That's an introduction to a... Uh, a difficult topic. I don't think I have any closing thoughts on this, Sarah. 
No, I think um, what I like about the way that you've contextualized it is that you've looked at the international picture Mm. as well. Um, I remember reading a stat sometime last year, I think, so before the Ukrainian um, crisis Mm. and the refugees that are resulting because of that, uh, that in fact our migrant population worldwide was at the greatest that it had ever been in history, including post-World War II. So we know that there were lots of displaced peoples after World War II. We're actually at a situation now where it's exceeded that. Well, I never. So really significant movement globally. And then, of course, we see that within Africa as well, with people coming to South Africa yeah. and, and to the bright lights and big cities, I yes, guess. Yes, I see it as the, the problem, universal problem of the 21st century. No doubt there'll be others. But um, perhaps we should move on to our second topic now, Although, let's put a pin in this. I think we should come back and uh, do a podcast on foreigners themselves. But let's just take a look at labor market-related issues just for a moment. And um, again, I will be doing at the start of next year my annual seminar, which uh, takes a a look, a a deep dive, I think they say in corporate terms, um, into what you can expect in the labor market, employment, wage settlements, strikes, all of that. But for the moment, I just want to kind of limit our discussion to the inflation rate, uh, because that is the most important thing when it comes to uh, the expectations of employees and indeed trade unions with regard to settlements. And what we know is we've had a sudden spike in inflation. Uh, It's gone up to over 7%. Uh, It's on the way down now. But that 7%, 6.5% is going to have a very real impact on people, particularly at the lower end, uh, who have been earning. And, of course, if you look at their disposable income, much more of that is spent on the basics of life. And if we look at electricity, which has gone up 39% over the last year or so, if we look at fuel, which has gone up by 33%, transport costs, uh, rent, light all of those things, um, it really hits the low paid hard. And that translates into a lot of pressure uh, on wage settlements and also translates into heightened levels of strike action. And we've certainly had those. And the public sector is the the main area of interest this year. Um, so we'll talk more about that. Um, but what I would say is if we look at the forecast for inflation, uh, it is already coming down. And by early next year, middle of next year, uh, we anticipate that it's going to be around about the 55 percent level uh, and will then tend to go up a little bit and then more or less stabilize. Just bear in mind that inflation is a fairly volatile measure, so it goes up and down quite quickly, whereas wage settlements uh, are much more stable and they take longer to move. Um, but if you're thinking about wages and you're thinking about it on an inflation plus formula, um, then you're probably going to be looking at five, five and a half percent and plus whatever you're going to put on that. So I think bear that in mind. Uh, we're looking at a, a period where the upward pressure on wage rates is going to be quite significant. So I I think we can probably leave that one, Sarah, unless you want to draw attention to a particular aspect. Uh, And uh, I think that we should perhaps look at the next thing, which has been of great significance this year, but has not yet 
uh, filtered through the system to the extent that it is going to, um, and that is the new code of practice, the code of good practice on harassment and bullying. Uh, it doesn't tell you how to do it well, as you might expect from a code of good practice. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's going to tell you how not to do it. And Sarah, you're the uh, expert on that one. So let's hear what you have to say. Absolutely. This code has had significant impact in terms of the way that it's changed our law um, and is going to continue to have impact, I think, as we see cases emerge, referrals to the CCMA, which in fact I understand are already happening. So let's talk very briefly about the code. Um, The idea behind the code is that we as employers need to eliminate all forms of harassment in the workplace. And when we look at all forms of harassment, there's a focus in the code on sexual harassment, on harassment based on race, social origin and ethnicity. But there's also a focus on workplace bullying. And that's a first in South African law. And it's any form of harassment that's linked to or arising out of work. So in fact, we see a broadening there as well, not just what happens in the workplace, but things that are linked to or arise out of work. So I think I've highlighted there the three main things that that have happened with this code. Um, It's, as I said, it amplifies the law on sexual harassment. It codifies for the first time our law on racial harassment, and it introduces this notion of workplace bullying. Now, employers, in terms of the code, have really kind of three, I think there are three main points that in this kind of high-level discussion I'd like people to take away. The first is, and we've been doing quite a lot of work around this, is that employers need to review and revise their harassment policies. So to this stage, most employers will have a policy on dealing with cases of sexual harassment. We need to increase that to cover the different forms of harassment. Um, That policy, in terms of this new code, needs to set out a procedure, um, but those procedures are very similar to the procedures we already have, and that policy needs to be communicated. So I think that's the first thing that employers need to be aware of. The second is that employers are now under an obligation to take proactive and remedial steps to eliminate, to prevent, and to manage any form of harassment. And then the third issue is really that all employers are now obliged to create and maintain a working environment in which the dignity of all employees is respected. So there, in a kind of nutshell, we have the three obligations that are placed on employers in terms of this code. Andrew, have you got any questions? I I would just finally say before we go on to talk about employment equity, because, I mean, that is related to this, that I'm, I'm pleased they use the term dignity and they look at it because, to my mind, the, the very heart of our Constitution is that people must be treated with dignity. We must recognize the inherent dignity in every individual um, because, ultimately, uh, the, the, the greatest sin of apartheid was that it, it did not recognize the humanity and the dignity Uh, of the largest part of our population. So what might these proactive steps be? Well, the code looks in part and kind of talks about perhaps 
managing risk. So being able to establish what those risks are. Um, I think I've said previously that, you know, perhaps an entire industry will, will burgeon in response to this code. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll say that they can come in and do an audit. That's not my recommendation. I think what we need to do is we need to have a single person who is aware of what's going on within the organization, can keep an eye on all referrals of this nature. And when we start to pick up trends or themes, we respond to those. That seems very sensible to me. Uh, And yes, I think one needs to be uh, a little bit circumspect. Now, what I found interesting is the definition. How do we understand the term bullying? And in fact, we have a definition um, which you find in the code, and uh, I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to uh, show you or tell you what I've done with it. Uh, you can sit and wonder and uh, wonder what I've done with it in the interim, uh, but you'll probably be wrong. And here's the definition. Corporate bullying is an abuse of coercive power, either by individuals in an internal workplace or by external clients. It is a behavior often aggressive by nature with the deliberate intent to cause physical or psychological distress to others. It is a form of degradation, humiliation, intimidation, and unfavorable treatment. Now, you have a lot of words there, so what I've done um, is I've read through it quickly uh, without pausing, and I've underlined those words that I think are vital to the definition and I then come back and I look at them and by the way that is a technique called passing p-a-r-s-i-n-g from the verb to pass p-a-r-s-e which means to to look and to uh, uh, almost deconstruct in order to understand well what I've done then is I've read through quickly to repeat myself because it's a very useful technique and I've underlined the key words. And what do I get? Uh, it's the abuse of coercive power by individuals internal with deliberate intent to cause unfavorable treatment. So in fact, I've underlined those three things and that to me is the heart of it, is the use of coercive power. So it's power to compel or to achieve a result which is deliberately applied intentionally. uh, And the purpose of this application is to create unfavorable treatment uh, for an individual or a group of of people of a particular nature. So, um, Sarah, would you like to comment on the way that I understand that uh, and, and show where perhaps I've misunderstood it or emphasize where I've got it right? Well, the code is somewhat convoluted in the approach that it takes to to workplace bullying and to corporate bullying. And I think in large part, this is very unfortunate for employers in particular who need to navigate their way through what is bullying, what isn't bullying. What we're told in terms of the code is that it's a form of harassment. But if we look at the definition of harassment in the code, it requires the presence of one or more of the protected grounds, also known as the prohibited grounds. So those will be the grounds, and our listeners will know this, these well, yeah, the grounds absolutely. that are listed in the In the equality code. It's gender, it's uh, origin, it's belief, it's all of the ones that come from the Constitution have been put um, as they are into the LRA and, of course, the Employment Equity Act. 
That's absolutely right. Those are the protected grounds. So we have this notion, this kind of umbrella term in terms of the code of harassment. And harassment needs to meet a couple of requirements. It needs to be unwanted conduct that impairs dignity and that's related to a protected ground. Now, I agree with you. If you look at that definition, it's quite wordy for a start. It's not particularly practical. I've been thinking about it, I think, in a similar way, but perhaps in a slightly kind of simpler way, Mm -hmm. thinking about employees and what they could understand. And I would have said bullying is unwanted conduct, which impairs dignity. Uh, That's so important. And which creates a hostile work environment or is calculated to or has the effect of including inducing submission, perhaps actual threats, or even if not, implied threats, Mm. implied Mm. adverse consequences. Mm. But I think that this is something that employers are going to need to really grapple with and to decide what is it that they want to manage when it comes to managing workplace bullying. And of course, you know, one person's bullying is another person's robust management talk. Indeed. I mean, absolutely. If you look at... uh things which will be used because remember if you give employees a procedure they will use it and they will use it in ways that you never thought of or or ways that uh, will aggravate you Uh, and one of them is well we've got a robust management style and here's a manager who's critical all the time who imposes deadlines uh, who actually micromanages and all of those things uh, can very well create a situation in, in an individual where they're afraid to come to work, where they are suffering psychological trauma uh, because of this. But everyone else, is, isn't he a good manager? Look at the results that he gets. So it's a very complex issue uh, one way or the other. And, you know, one always looks at uh, legislation like this. And, you know, my standard um, is not so much the reasonable, you know, person on the bus. Um, my standard is, you know, to what extent are we trying to regulate uh, normal human behavior by this kind of legislation? And by normal human behavior, uh, you know, the fact is that people talk about others behind their back, that people uh, denigrate certain classes of people without possibly even knowing that they're doing it. Uh, and, and how on earth do we stop people doing that? Uh, but nevertheless, well, employers are going to have to. They're going to have to, but also just because it's a difficult task doesn't it, doesn't mean that we shouldn't mm. do it. Yeah, it shouldn't be done. Uh, am I right in thinking there are some uh, uh, developments and uh, some bits of legislation to come with respect to the Employment Equity Act? Absolutely. And I suppose if I reflect on the year that was, there have been some significant changes in terms of the Employment Equity Act. Of course, that harassment code that we've just been talking about is promulgated in terms of the Employment Equity Act. Likewise, we have a significant amendment bill, which has been approved by Parliament, and we're told is awaiting the final stage um, of promulgation, which is for our state president to sign it, um, according to, to kind of our sources. We understand that that will happen within the next three to four months. So it really is imminent. Um, Let's just briefly look at what those changes are that are brought about in terms of the Employment Equity Act. 
there are two key ones that I want to raise in this discussion. And the first is that we see a narrow definition of a designated employer. And this is going to impact small employers. So what's going to happen is small businesses, those, if you'll remember, are businesses that employ less than 50 employees, irrespective of their turnover, will no longer fall within the ambit of the new definition of a designated employer. So that's significant. It means that going forward, those smaller employers are no longer designated employers. And in other words, they don't need to comply with relevant requirements of a designated employer. Well, that's a, certainly a big move. But, uh, you know, if you work on the basis that uh, statutes give on the one hand and take on the other, um, what else is happening? All right, let's see what they're taking. In fact, the second significant change in terms of this amendment is that the Minister of Labour um, will now be empowered to determine a sectoral numerical targets. So instead of those being oh. set by the employer, they will now be set by the minister. Um, apparently, according to the workings of the, the amendment, once they have been published, we will have interested parties, we'll have 30 days to comment on them, and then we will be required to comply with them. So again, another significant change in terms of what's going to happen next year. Uh, really, the impact of this, this will become effective only towards the end of next year, the end of 2023, I think kind of September 2023. Um, but that really is going to have a significant impact on employers. No doubt. And I'm sure we'll get to talk about that uh, again. So thank you very much indeed. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please remember, um, there are a whole load of podcasts on the website. Uh, you don't need to listen to all of them. You can select the ones you want, but we try to make them practical. We try to make them entertaining and easy listening, as it were. Uh, but above all, we try and make them relevant. So please have a look at them. Until next time. Thank you very much. I'm Sarah Levy. And I'm Andrew Levy. See you soon. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.